Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 393 for the 26th of Kislev in a regular year. It's the second day of Hanukkah, so happy Hanukkah, everybody. I hope you are having a great one. We are going to be uh, continuing on with the third chapter of the Tanya. So if you remember from yesterday, we were talking about how the mind gives birth to the emotions within the soul, which the entire makeup of the soul is uh, is a mirror to the godly supernal attributes the 10 supernal attributes so we left off last time talking about the first two intellectual attributes chokma and bina and we talked about how they are thought of to be the mother and the father because they give birth to the mitos however we mentioned if you remember last time that there's actually a third intellectual attribute as well which is also considered a parent so that's a very important one and that one is called das so we're going to talk about that one today and we're also we're going to start off actually talking a little bit more about the process by which the intellect gives birth to emotions so we mentioned this last time that you know a person the the our feelings of love and fear of god which are thought to be the basis for all of our emotional experience in a godly way and again we're talking about things in a godly way in terms of emotions in a godly way because our focus right now is the godly soul so so we talked we mentioned briefly last time this concept which is kind of seems pretty commonsensical to understand that any feelings that we might have are generated by the intellect and so today we're going to explain this a little bit deeper so so the way that ultra rabbi starts off this section is he talks about how if we how it is that a person can use their power of intellect to generate these feelings of love and fear for God. And he actually starts with fear or otherwise known as awe of God before he comes to fear and before he comes to love. So this is the process of the meditation that the ultra breaks down that can lead a person to have these feelings to direct his feelings towards God. So what he says is that if you use your power of intellect to meditate deeply upon the greatness of all of creation of the entire world, this will lead you to a sense of awe and humility before God. So I'm actually in the process of reading this book right now, which um, I'm still in the middle of the book, so I'm hesitant to recommend it just yet, but so far so good. It's called the uh, Is Atheism Dead? by Eric McTexas. So the basic premise of the book is Atheism Dead is uh, his, his basic premise is that any honest scientist or somebody involved in the scientific field nowadays with the amount of knowledge that we know, it does not make sense for them to be an atheist given the amount of uh, scientific knowledge that we know. So, you know, I know today's topic is the Tanya, so I don't want to deviate too much from there, but he just gives so many examples in the book of just really, really, really fascinating 
things that are just, you know, down to the density of the earth, the size of the earth, the distance of the earth from other planets and from the sun and from the moon that are just so crazy and like so specific. It's called this argument is basically called the fine tuned argument, how everything in our reality is so, so specifically fine tuned that if you really study it in depth, it does not make sense to deny that there is intelligent design behind all of this meaning God. So this basic promise. So, you know, one example that he gives, I'll just give one example in the book that I just keep thinking about, but that he gives numerous others. And I'm sure you can find a lot of others if you want to. So excuse me, because it's not exactly the Tanya, but I happened to be reading this book and I thought it was relevant. So I'll bring it up here is the actual, when you look at the size of the sun versus the size of the moon. So the size of the sun and the size of the moon, I don't remember the dimensions offhand, but according to what he writes in this book is he says that the size of the moon, the sun is exactly 400 times the size of the moon. Okay. So that's interesting. And then he says the distance of the sun from the earth is exactly 400 times the distance of the moon from the earth, which what does that lead to? This leads to an optical illusion so that when we look up at the sky, we see these two bodies in the heaven, the sun and the moon, as if they are exactly the same size, which is pretty cool in and of itself. But this is actually more than just like an interesting trick, you know, of the, you know, like a, like an optical illusion, but it, it allows for full eclipses, full solar and lunar eclipses, which serve a lot of different purposes that are really beneficial to uh, to our lives. So this is just one example that he gives that it's like such a, you know, a weird coincidence, so to speak of, you know, the distance and the, and the size of the sun and the moon, but there were so many other examples of that. So if we go back to the Tanya of the day, the day, um, this is exactly what he's saying is he says that when you use your intellect to meditate upon all these things and meditate upon the greatness of the entire world and how God is filling everything, this will naturally lead you to a sense of awe of your creator. You will be filled with a sense of awe. And what will, what will happen after this awe? This awe will be followed by a feeling of fear within your heart. And because once you realize like, oh my goodness, there is a creator to the universe, that means there's implications to that. And that means that I better be living my life the way that my creator intends it to, it to be. So I will feel fear, you know, because of that. And this fear will lead to a great love. What's the love? The love will express itself as an intense yearning to be one with him, to actually even uh, lose oneself within God. Because the the whole nature of love, if you think about it, you know, some people might call it codependency, which is another subject I've been reading about lately. But, um, you know, but the, but truly true, true, true love, like when you really love a person, you want to lose yourself within that person. You like, you don't want there to be a separation between you and them. So this is the type of love that it's talking about here, that that's this intense yearning and love that a person will have after experiencing this awe and followed by fear of God is this intense desire to expire within God. In Hebrew, this term is called kalos hanefesh, the expiration of the soul. And another way that we can think about it is this intense thirsting for God, this this deep thirst that a person has for. And so now the ultra rabbit says something interesting, and he says that this thirst, where does the attribute of thirst, th being thirsty for God come from? Thirst comes from the element of fire. So if you remember in previous episodes, we talked about how there's four elements in all things. We talked about them mainly in relation to the animal soul. Here we're talking about it in relation to the godly soul. So the godly soul also has these elements to it. So the element of fire within the godly soul, this is where thirst comes from.
And it's and and physiologically, it's rooted in the heart. So fire is rooted within the heart of the godly soul. And that's why these these feelings of awe and fear and love, they're all heart kind of things. They're all emotions that they come from the the fire element. And this and these these emotions of fear and love and awe, you know, awe and fear are sort of related. These are the basis for all emotions that we experience that relate to God. And we're going to get into some of those other emotions at a future time. And this is in contrast to when we talk about fire, this is in contrast to water. So when we say that fire is this very fiery, you know, you think of the fire of the heart, it's a heart based kind of emotional thing. Water by contrast is rooted in the brain. So if you remember when we were talking about the, um, the intellectual attributes, the first intellectual attribute is chokhmah, which we kind of loosely translated as intu- intuition or conception. That is rooted in the brain and that corresponds, that comes from the water element within the gulf. So, you know, so if we think about this, so it's like, okay, if the intellect is water and the emotions are fire, how do we make this connection? How does it happen? You know, we, we keep saying that this there's a birthing process that happens where the intellect gives birth to these emotions. So this is where it's really important to bring in this third attribute that we kept talking about. This third attribute, which we call das, very loosely translated as knowledge, this serves as an intermediary between the mind and the heart. And the Altarabbas says that if you don't have this attribute of das, which we're going to learn about what that means exactly, um, a person might feel something, but it's he calls it, but he calls these feelings vain fancies. In Hebrew, dimonotshav, like, um, yeah, like, like it's a fantasy, basically. So the way that we can basically understand this is if you've ever had a teacher or a professor or something like that who, uh, you know, may have known the subject that they were teaching really well, let's say they, you know, they knew it inside and out. You could ask them any question on the subject, everything, but you kind of got the sense that they weren't really passionate about what it was that they were teaching. Uh, you know, that kind of comes across. Maybe it doesn't always come across, but it often will come across. And maybe you've experienced that yourself as well. So this 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 attribute that allows a person to feel passionate about what it is that they're teaching and not have it just be some intellectual exercise is this attribute of DAS. Because this attribute of DAS is that thing that makes a person feel attached, that makes the person feel like what it is that they're learning is something personal and it's not just something abstract. And uh, this is why we find this term das in a really interesting place in the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, where it's describing the relationship between Adam and Eve and it's describing them in the intimate act, in the act of being physically intimate with one another. And the term that's used is Das is it says Adam yada et chava, that Adam knew Eve. And so we see once again that this concept, this this word das is associated with an act of great intimacy, of great attachment. So the difference between knowing something on a purely intellectual level, whether it's on the level of chokhmah, which is this this like conception of the idea, bina, which is a more fleshed out analysis and you know, more in-depth understanding of the idea. You still really need that level of DAS, which is where the idea becomes personal and it becomes something that's really relatable and attached to you in order to birth the emotions in a really, really real way, in an authentic way. So this so this is why this level of DAS is considered to be that third parent, uh, which eventually, which serves as the intermediary between the intellect and the emotions and gives birth ultimately to these emotions of 
fear of God, of awe of God, of love of God, and all the other emotions which are contained within those as well. Okay, and that's it for today. And I look forward to speaking to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.